Yeah, I uh, belong to an organization called STOP, the original, the first STOP, just saying, uh, which is uh, an acronym for Standing Together to Oppose Pornography. Uh, we were formed in the very early 90s, about 1994, when porn was first deregulated in this country. And at that stage, we were looking for, well, I wasn't, my wife and a few like-minded people were looking for other organizations with which they could join. And African Christian Action were right there. They just took us by the hand and brought us alongside. And I think, I think my wife can say and others that the very first demonstration we stood at in our lives was with African Christian action in those days. Whether we were on the main road in Kenilworth standing against uh, prostitution, whether we were standing outside Parliament, etc., etc., and um, so that really spurred us and 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 just gave us the motivation and the the dear settings for more to say it, you know, just to continue the struggle. Um, and I know for myself how I got involved. You know, I was, uh, I had a problem with pornography in my youth. I was molested as a preschooler. I was exposed to pornography at boarding school when I was 11, 12 years of age. So I was sexualized at far too young an age. So I would objectify women. And, you know, my whole motivation out there was to, you know, hit a home run with females, you know, whether I was in high school, after school, that was just how I was. And I object, I fully objectified women. I saw them, I didn't see them for their sense of humor, their intelligence, as a daughter, as a mother, as a sister, whatever. I objectified women. And I thought all guys thought like that. I thought they all thought. And I was all my VC years. Eh? I wasn't a Christian until my mid-40s. Um, and um, I would travel overseas a lot. I was in the fashion and textile industry. I would travel overseas a lot. I was I played a lot of sport. So I would travel. I went overseas on rugby tours or whatever the case may be. And so I got around, you know, I was in a living the life, so to speak. Eventually, when I did meet my wife, she wasn't quite like it was a blind date. Keiko Lakons, no, but that's another story. But I mean, I didn't... Um, you know, I, I, she was different to all the girls that I was um, drawn to at that stage, should I say. And I thought, why was this, you know, like, she said, what's going on? Don't be silly, but come on, you know, that type of thing. She would just, so this intrigued me. Anyway, long story short, um, that's how we got together in those days. But I try to introduce her to pornography and she's always had an aversion to it. No, thank you. Not for me. And, um, and uh, you know, it was wrong, etc., etc., etc. Long story short, my wife gave her life to the Lord in her 40s. You're in her 40s, eh? Yeah. And um, I thought, okay, well, she came home. When I came home from work one day, she told me she'd had a bit, someone had been to visit her and she'd given her life to the Lord. So I thought, okay, well, dinner still tastes the same, etc. <laughs> There's no, you know, everything still seemed okay. You know, it's great for you. To, I didn't know I never stood a chance because then there was a she got a, she joined a church and they started praying for me I never stood a chance but anyway I did a couple of alpha courses and uh, friends would come to me afterwards and say their wives listen my husband says if you come on the next alpha course anyway long story short 
I then uh, they stock was formed, and I was uh, I would drive them to these uh, meetings, etc., because they were all over the place at night, and um, and I started listening and hearing, and that, and then they nudged me. Why don't you just talk a little bit as a man? Come and stand up, and I would talk, and that's how I started getting involved in this ministry. And uh, men would come to me often, listen, I've got this friend, you know, who's got this, how do I, what do I, where do I, anyway, that's how, so I realized there was a huge need for men in this ministry, you know, because men are stum, you know, we don't talk a lot, we, we keep quiet about things. So I started, in those days, we started a support group for men struggling in this area, and that was 23 years ago. And for every single Monday night, bar a couple over December and January, I meet at a, at a, a church house in Mederidge, uh, which is a clinic during the day, etc. And, and I have seen thousands of men over the last 23 years. I have counseled and walked a journey with thousands. And one thing I will like to say right now, and I've had Muslims there, I've had atheists, agnostics, and naturally the majority of Christians. And I can say without hesitating that people with a Bible-believing Christian faith, with the Holy Spirit, I have seen an unbelievable um, breaking of bondages to pornography when there's faith-based when it's when you have christ in your life the, that power just breaks that that straw which just keeps you in that bondage and it's been an amazing journey for me and an encouraging journey for me and i think the thing that has fueled me for 25 years of this journey um, is just seeing how god works in people's lives i've you know i've had men who've come there and they've gone through it everything's fine who don't know christ you know muslims or atheists whatever and five years later i'll get a phone call again remember me i'm still struggling you know that type of thing where i've seen so much through the power of god what christ can do so it's nothing to do with me i'm just a little vessel maybe that he uses occasionally or us um, in the meantime we've got a prayer team that prays for us for for this ministry because I honestly believe this is Satan's prime tool today to break down families, to break down relationships, to break down church, to break marriages, all that stuff. Pornography, sex, it's a massive influence today. And our children, oh, you know, when I first started in this ministry, statistically, um, you know, they said 10% of porn addicts have actually confessed. Um, and... At that stage, they're saying the average age of first exposure to internet pornography, hardcore pornography, was 12 years of age. Today, they're saying now it's probably eight years of age. You know, they still say it's 11 or so, but in all likelihood, eight years of age. Now, for a developing brain, a developing mind of that age to be exposed to hardcore pornography, and I'm not saying they go out and seek it. This is accidental. I mean, many people here with technology will know you're looking for something and these things pop up, you know, and young kids are naturally inquisitive. So as parents, as caregivers, as the church, we have to speak about these things in church. We have to uh, help our children to get through this absolute 
bondage, or, you know, satanic bondage, I say, um, of pornography because they will see it, whether it's good pictures, bad pictures, um, you know, whatever it is. And, and one of the frightening things is that kids today, they, uh, and SAPs have given us uh, this figure, they say, almost increasing child on child sexual abuse has gone up by about 400%. Why? Because kids are imitating what they see. You know, they've all got kids today, have all got this at least. And parents, a lot of parents don't understand. You know, you can put checks and balances in for their children. But it's very difficult uh, for, for a lot of parents today who don't understand technology. But there are checks and balances we can put in. And I mean, if you think about it, when we were lightweights, when we were kids, if there was a Cowboys and Crooks movie, we would be outside playing Cowboys and Crooks or maybe a bit later, lightsabers, you know, from Star Wars or whatever it is. So now kids are being exposed to pornography. They are imitating on other kids what they've seen. So it's very important, you know, that we understand the gravity of the situation. But we at STOP have been um, amazingly blessed over the years. I don't go out there and wave flags as far as say, I'm here, I can help, I've got all the answers, because I don't. But we offer a safe, non-judgmental environment for people to come into to share where we can walk a journey with them and it's not only me it's the other people in that group because we've all walked on different um we are on different stages of our journeys but the experience and that and i you know it's just a blessing for me on a monday night i go and sit in this group i can have five six guys there i can have 11 12 guys there and just to hear how they're encouraging each other i've got a stock um group with all the guys on and guys who've walking free for years and leave me on the group it just reminds me but i want to be able to pray for this guy i may not know that guy but i want to be able to pray for him because i can relate to it it keeps me on the straight and narrow and just to hear those things it's so encouraging and it's so important that we talk about this issue in churches this is not a topic you bring up around the dinner table like yes you know that movie the other day wow no, you know people don't talk about it we call it the silent sin and i think you guys also used to coin that phrase the silent sin which we've used for years and years and years because that's what it is you know with alcohol drugs i'm not undermining you know the damage that causes but there are outward symptoms if a guy's drunk if a guy's high hey peace brew man you know all that whereas with pornography the guy sitting on the bus next to you the guy in the classroom next to you whatever it is you don't know how it's affected them but we have seen god at work unbelievably where and you know i'm not an academic like douglas and peter and the other and steve and these guys i always say when i talk at schools my four years in matric were the four best years of my schooling you know that type of thing kids look at me yeah 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 but anyway you know I, so I, i'm not a but you know god has got a sense of humor he's used me in so many ways where i've had psychologists phoning me for advice i've gave a talk not far from here to a group of doctors psychologists psychiatrists and all the propeller heads they were all there and i'm standing up saying lord have you got a sense of humor you know if they only knew my school academic career etc etc but the experience of god the passion that the lord has given me to help people in this area has you know that's what's carried me yeah you know sometimes it gets a bit much because it's a dark ministry at times it really is 
but I've still got my motorbike and I know you used to be on two wheels and I can get on my bike and I can travel when there's no COVID. And I end up in that night, I'm in, I don't know where, Sutherland or something like that, just to clear that. Or else I'm still surfing, believe it or not, big surfboards now on the sleek athletic frame of mine. But anyway, I can get out in the water and I can just give God all the glory. And I mean, tonight, this evening, I'm talking to a group of 11 to 14 year olds in the UK through a contact who's in, who works for the cabinet in Britain, getting me to talk to kids in the UK. Now, you know, you think, what do they want to talk to an old bullet like me for? But God uses it in ways that we cannot yes. even begin to understand. You know, I've, I've spoken maybe at, at, I've spoken at conferences locally and internationally. I've been used as an expert witness in court cases, one in New Zealand, Canada, where I've been quoted, you know, and I think, Lord, like, do me a favor, I can't even write my name, you know. Anyway, so it's amazing what God can do if you've got the heart for it. And that's why I admire Peter and his organization, Frontline Fellowship, ACA, people like that, and many more, Stop Trafficking and all the other organizations. And that's what's so good to see. We've got where I used to be lobbying. I mean, I've had death threats where I got this guy on the phone. He phoned me giving me death threats because we were fighting against, I was with the Deputy Minister of Home Affairs and we were stopping, getting them to stop giving um, work permits for the dancers they were using at these clubs. I've got death threats and this guy was giving me a and I said, what do I do now? You know, so I joked with him. I said, listen, I've been brought up in Cape Town all my life. That's not a Cape colored accent. No ways. And okay, eventually he hung up on me. You know, I didn't know how to, what else could I defend myself? You know, I joked with him. But those are the things that Satan will turn around and he will use to try and undermine the ministry. And it's, it's amazing what God has done, the breakthroughs that we have seen over the many, many, many years in this. And if someone walks up to me, someone says, look familiar or something, just, hey, dude, I don't, oh, thank you. You know, don't thank me. It, it's just, that is what encourages. And that's why you guys with the abortion, I mean, I, it drives me to drink. I haven't got the patience to stand outside. I want to go and clobber someone, you know what yeah. I mean? Say, like, clop some sense into them. But you can't, you know. Okay, sorry, Lord, you know, but I mean, that's what we've got. To, and, and that's why, you know, to see people, you know, and groups sitting here, etc. It's fantastic. It's encouraging for us guys who are out there doing the work. But I mean, what I'm so encouraged to see, there are um, people like Case SA, Center Against Sexual Exploitation SA, where there are Christian uh, guys, advocates and guys like that who are taking up the fight. There's the I Me movement where you can get locally now one of the top, top um, blockers for adult content on, um, on cell phones and devices for 65 Rand a month. That's an investment in your child's future. Um, I Me movement.co.za, they've managed to get one of the American um, blocking systems available here. There other uh, amazing amazing uh, guardians of purity original design all these are organizations and now they seem to be gravitating together and we're having symposiums like this where we can talk and and trade and they're putting together a big uh, web page thing 
you guys will know more about that, where you can look for if you need help in a certain area. And what, is, what would this guy do? What does that woman do? How can, you know, whether it's Stratwerk and your organizations like that, it's really, really amazing. And that's what I like to see. Because we've been, in, in, in many years ago, we've all been splintered, all doing great work. But when we can work together in unison, that's where unity is strength. I think that's on one of the badges. I don't know if it was my school badge or the country's badge, but that's another story. Um, but anyway, those are the type of things that we are so encouraged to see. And when it comes as far as lobbying and talking to government and things, I've stepped back from that. You know, I, I'm focusing now mainly on counselling, support, talks. I still, as I say, give talks at schools and I debate at universities or whatever um, on, on these issues. And that's the most important. And this all started when my wife got that uh, amazing scripture, um, Ezekiel 33, 7, you know, go out and warn the people. And if they don't listen to you, sorry for them. If they do, you will have saved their life. That basically that's what it says you can read the real anyway um, but I mean that is the scripture that was given to my wife and that's what put this um, flame this fire in her and so she hasn't been that involved as far as lobbying and all that but from a prayer and an encouragement perspective it's been fantastic and right now talking about um, getting the word out there. I get a lot of calls from the flats and the plains and areas like that where people are just very ignorant in how to deal with issues like pornography. I mean, I'm sure it's the same with trafficking. You know, they could have an underage kid working in their homes and, you know, is that right? So, you know, they, so I was sitting on my surfboard in Musenberg a couple of years ago and I was talking to the Lord because I find it quite peaceful when, I'm, when there's not too many people. And I was saying, you know, because I just had a call or two from people looking for help, just wanting to unload. And the Lord said to me, radio. And I thought, okay, yeah, that would be great. And as I turned around to paddle for a wave, I looked straight across the bay and I saw CCFM. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I'm going to do so. On the way home, I drove past, stopped, went inside. Could I, no, anyway, long story short, I eventually made an appointment. And I sat down with uh, the program manager, the director, and I said, this is what I honestly believe. And the Lord, in the meantime, had dropped in my spirit a name of a program called um, Anonymous on Air. And he'd even given me a theme song, which they looked at me, which is Turn, Turn, Turn by the Birds. But it's a, it's a, <laughs> it's a, okay, you can see the whole rocker coming up. But I mean, it's all from Ecclesiastes. He says, maybe we can find a Christian version of that. <laughs> but anyway, so they brought into it and then they trained me up. And in the meantime, um, I've been on air there, you know, I, I do a, well, I'm a sidekick. I give a surf report and that on Saturdays and on a sports show, but on a Sunday morning, I've been doing, um, during the morning, up past seven till nine o'clock. But that has been training me. And with obviously with COVID, this guy's left and that, you know, so there's a whole big shuffling. So I'm trying to get, hey dudes, you know, that is God's vision. So I'm trying to get them there because I want to be able to speak. I want to be able to get people, interview people, take phone calls, help people. That's how I see where people can phone in anonymously and just ask for help or where do I go? How do I go? What do we go? But I also do believe that God's putting an infrastructure in place with 
all these organizations. So if someone friends from Somerset West, I don't have to say, well, you have to go to Springbok, you know. There'll be someone in Somerset West I can refer to, someone in Stellenbosch, mm -hmm. someone in uh, Mitchell's Plain, someone where in Grassy Park, someone in Camps Bay, wherever. So those are the visions and the plans that the Lord is giving us. So even though, uh, you know, we, we know spring chicken no more, but there are other people coming through and it's just so great always, you know, and, and we have always, always, always had uh, a soft heart for Kida and when Taryn was here and even, uh, what's the name? Martha. Yeah, yeah. All <laughs> but I mean, all the, you know, we've always, always, because we've worked so closely together in the past and the pandemic book and all that, it, there's been a lot of history, but it has been an absolute honor for a person, a old bullet like me, to be able to be still involved in ministry with the Lord and with uh, people like African Christian Action and Frontline Fellowship. And uh, I don't know if there's any, you know, I can ramble on, but I won't. Um, if there's any questions or anything. Uh... Do you have any affiliates outside of the Cape? Yeah, we do. In uh, There's in Durban, in Joburg, Pretoria. There are a few people that uh, we, we've got affiliated to, etc. Um, but I'll, I'll speak to the young lady who's taken Taryn's place. That's it, yeah. I'll, I'll chat to her and I'll, I'll send her stuff like that. But it is a massive, it's still, and I want to give some good news. When people fight back, people fight back. I don't know if you guys know about this whole case going on in Canada with Mind Geeks. Mind Geeks are the largest um, uh, pornography um, group on the internet. They own all the massive, massive porn sites, and I'm not going to mention names just in case, because you know what they say, lead me not into temptation, I can get there by myself. Um, so what Mind Geeks have been some of the largest internet sites. I mean, their one, their one site gets 42 billion hits a year on their site. 42 billion. Um, and they say that this, it's all uploading, people are uploading and streaming. But they've been nailed because there's been a lot of child pornography on there and um, rape and things like that. Terrible, terrible, terrible stuff that has been uploaded to their sites. And then they are so, they drag their feet. It takes them three weeks to take it down, if they take it down. So through, um, there's a, a, a site called traffickinghub.com. And it's one uh, woman, Leila Mikkelwife, who took them on. And, and eventually the New York Times did an expose and they did research and it was realized that there is child pornography on there. So they have now, I think they have been hit with a $600 million lawsuit. They have the, the CEO and the COO who have been under the radar have been in front of a parliamentary um, your committee, you know, and they, and they lied blatantly, you know, and people have proven it. So it looks like, and now that the second biggest site, X Videos, which works out of Czechoslovakia, have uh, have also started cleaning up their act. So everyone is scrambling around because the porn industry, which is a hundred billion dollar industry, have been so blasé, you know, no one can touch us. And I promise you now they are scrambling. They've got lawsuits. They've got people coming forward. But I've told you I've got proof. So it is crumbling. I know they took about 10 and a half million 
uh, porn clips off just a few of their sites from Mind Geeks. So anyway, so good does happen when good people stand up and make a noise. Good does happen. And let that be an encouragement for all of us that no matter how small we may feel or insignificant, as long as you're telling the truth, you know, you're in line with God, I promise you, God can make massive things happen. Maybe you give some advice or just insight. Uh, I think we all know what happened in the last few years where WCD and the Department of Basic Education with regards to comprehensive sexual education. How do you stop that? Because often that that can't be the work that you are doing and and the other players can also subscribe. Well, there, there is a totally different um, curriculum that the schools can be can use rather than CSE. And obviously, uh, comprehensive sexual education comes from the United Nations, World Health Organization, and Planned Parenthood, who are behind all the abortions, etc. It is, it's a shocker if you don't know. You can just look up CSE on uh, YouTube and you can see what they plan to teach our young kids. Um, there are alternate um, uh, programs that have been put together. There's a, a professor in South Africa who's put a whole program together which can be used in place of it in schools. So it's a matter of educating the schools and saying, we don't want that one. We'd rather have this one, you know, which is more sensitive and a lot better than, than those. Things. But it is. It's something you have to stand up and tell people because people are oblivious. They send their kids to school. They can, they can educate them. They can bring them up. They can, it, you know. We have to make sure that our local schools are very well aware. And you can start lobbying, um, you know, the Minister of Education and or the uh, Debbie Schaefer and people like that. Who she is aware of it. She actually comes to our church, so she is aware of these other programs there. But it is something that we have to stand up and stop. 